0: No, no, you got it. Fix your crown now, sis. It's fix your crown with Shanice K. heel. Fix your crown now, sis. You got it. No, no, you got it. Fix your crown now, sis. You got it. No, do no, no, You got it. Fix your crown now, sis. You got it. No, no. You got it. Fix your crown now, sis. It's fix your crown with Shanice K. heel. I know sometimes it gets harder like. Sometimes you see the but just know what on your side, everything will
1: be all right. Good afternoon, beautiful people, kings and queens. I'm excited today because I have two beautiful young ladies, powerful young women, intelligent young women, and we're going to be discussing single and healing. I know y'all get tired of me talking to y'all, so... I will be doing more guests on my podcast, but just tune in. I hope you guys learn it. I hope you take away some jewels. Just tune in and check us out. What? Okay. Okay. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. Um, my personal page is Miss Carter underscore one X, or you can follow my talk show, which I prefer, um, which is less talk. Dot the show.
0: Okay, so, okay. everyone, I am Kimalitha Brown. I am the owner of the Great Divine Center. There we do hypnobirthing education classes, doula support, therapy, plus sense and encapsulations, dance, yoga, and meditation. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Great Divine Center. And I'm also the owner of Goddess Great, maternal infant health program. This is a home-based visitation program through the state. You can follow us on Instagram at goddessgreat, two underscores, or you can follow my personal page, three underscores, K-Y-M-A-L-E-T-H-A, and that's Kim Aletha. Thank you.
1: Yay. I'm excited. <laughs> so today's topic, it is single and healing. So my first, so I don't know who want to go first, like it really don't matter. So, pretty much like engaging in a conversation, like it doesn't matter, I ain't got no rules. But the first question is What is your definition of healing to you since we are talking about single and
0: healing? Well, I talk too much, so I don't know if Sherelle <laughs> wants to go first, <laughs> I think the same way, but I know I talk too much.
1: Um, actually, I really wasn't gonna go first because I feel like I talked too much too. So. <laughs> um, my definition of healing, I would just say that, um, honestly, I don't think healing is a destination, I think it's a journey, yeah, um, right? a lifelong journey. So, honestly, it's really just about you know taking every experience, good or bad, processing it, um, and learning from it and moving forward to you know create better habits and healthier behavior. Honestly, that's like healing to me. I like that. I
0: agree 100% because I'm so scared of people who say they're healed because every mm. day I'm healed. Like every single day, I'm healing from something, whether it's from a choice that I made, um, something in the past, or something in the present. But a heal- healing to me is like an everyday relationship. Um, I, I don't think a person is ever fully healed because every day you're presented with new experiences so like Sherelle said you know it's a it's a journey it's not a destination so I wonder what they mean when they say aim to be whole so what do whole mean then because I agree with both of you guys
1: but what do whole mean oh, um, hold. oh I'm sorry, go ahead. you go Sherelle <laughs> <laughs> Um, you said that quick (laughs) I think when people say that they aim you know they aim to be whole I think it's just you know not being reliant on anyone else for those internal Mm -hmm. things the internal values I like that that's a book answer
0: yeah so So piggyback off of that whole to me is something that's internal Um, you literally like are at peace with yourself you know yourself you love yourself you value yourself you know your worth so being whole is completely different from healing wholeness Mm. is just being comfortable with your own skin being comfortable in your own being healing is something that you do every day so it's it's a complete difference like two separate things
1: I think when people hear wholeness they think perfect like I won't face anything no more like at all and they confuse the two with that
0: Maybe they're confusing that with healing. Mm, yeah, I don't know, cause wholeness to me is just sound like I got. I okay, see, I'm sorry. I'm stable. I got like, my ish together. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the cuss word, but I got <laughs> my ish together. I'll be appropriate because I know I, I have a potty a potty mouth, and I'll be honest, I do have a potty mouth. But wholeness to me, it. it's just like, oh, I got my ish together. So. Yeah, so when they hear that, they're probably just thinking like, I want to be whole as in, I got A, B, C, D, and E in order and, you know, I'm at peace with myself. That's what wholeness is to me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So number two, who shaped your definition of
1: love? Who set your standard of love? Like, who did you see grow up and that was your definition of love and that helped you choose the people you chose? Um, Honestly, I, I I don't think I ever truly had a definition of love growing up. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't I don't think I had especially romantic love. I don't think I had one definition of love. I think that um yeah, I think I saw different ways that people would express love, but I never had an idea of this is what it's supposed this is that box that it's supposed to look like. So I think that mm-hmm. I just took what I interpret it as other people expressing love to other people. And I just, Mm. you know, shaped it to my own way and ran with it. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I ever really had an idea of love. And now that I'm an adult, my idea of love is, is completely, I've completely shedded that, that other, those other ideas of what love looked like to create my own Mm. thing. So now, now I shape my own love. I see other images and other ways to express love. And I think I,
0: You went out a little bit. She went out all the way, Shirelle. Where you at? Cause your signal went out. <laughs> oh my
1: God! <laughs> there,
0: no, we we heard you. What did where did she stop? That she said we heard most of most of all of it. Shape oh her God. idea of love. Yeah.
1: Okay. So even as an adult now, um, I don't have any. My idea of love is by my own ideas. I don't have nobody mm-hmm. else's even my image of love yeah, so no relationship goes. No, I can't stand that yeah. yeah I mean, I mean no so I'll be cussing all the time too. so sorry.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I I'm trying to stop y'all. Oh, so I might take up a lot of time with this question because this <laughs> no, for real, this is what I preach on. This is what my therapy is all about love, because I went through some things like I had so many experiences with what I thought was love.
1: You know, mm-hmm. and
0: I realized that this is not love, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. before I go deep into what I gotta say, just <laughs> remind me what the question is so I don't get off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I no, want to make sure I'm not gonna it myself. <laughs> yeah, she said what, remind
1: the me question? Of the
0: question. Uh, the question is who shaped your definition of love? Okay, so I'll first share this. Um, My mom shaped my definition of love. I want to give all shout outs to her because um, my dad was never in my life. He's addicted to drugs. So from day one, she taught me to love him. Like she never taught me to hate him despite him not being in my life, despite, you know, me seeing him and him not want to come around he was in and out back and forth i will always see him on the street i always ran into him maybe every three four years so she shaped my definition of love like she always says you know love him despite what he's going through forgive him and we always pray for him so she mm. shaped my definition of love far out wow. um mm. My idea of love now that's completely different because now I've realized as an adult that I'm triggered by this relationship with my dad that this is what my love should look like forgiving somebody, you know, um, letting them in whenever you know they come around, Ooh, um, being there for me just because they pop back up. So that relationship mm. with my dad is now what I have my idea of what love is in my relationships. So I had to realize that this is really not love. These relationships Mm. that I have now as an adult is not love. This is people, you know, using me coming in whenever they can because they know I'm going to forgive them because this is what I was taught. And I will always share with them my relationship with my dad, but in all honesty, this is an intimate relationship. This is something that could be forgiven because this is my father. You know, you you're yeah, not my father. So yeah. mm-hmm. I shouldn't give you that access, that ability. I mm-hmm. shouldn't do that for you because who are you? You're no one special. So as an adult, I had to realize that this is not love. So my idea of love has shifted from that, being that forgiving person, being that unconditional love type person. Um So now, to me, my idea of love don't have an image. Um, I don't idealize Mm -hmm. nobody relationship. Um, I have my own standards. I have my own boundaries. I have my own definition of what love is. And I always present to people, these are my five non-negotiables. And if you can't reach these five non-negotiables, then we can't talk, you know? Like mm. Sherelle posted earlier, you know, it's a process of elimination. And when you know what you want and when you know what you need mm. and you know your triggers and you know your worth, then love to you is set. It's, it's there. Mm. Like, you already know what it is and love, what love looks like to you. So, does that answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Both of y'all, Lord Jesus. But, like, this is this not even a question I was
1: going to, I wrote down. But a lot of women deal with abandonment issues, yeah. like, what what would you say to like get over that? Like that was abandonment issues. A lot of women go through daddy issues. Like, what do you do to move forward? I think you gotta address them first. You have to not even address them. You need to acknowledge them. I mm-hmm. think before you can yeah. before you can even move forward and and trying to make any type of change, you need to acknowledge what the problem is. You need to be honest with yourself about what the problem is, and then before you can even go past that, you need to look at every area of your life where that issue is affecting. So it may be at work where, you know, you may have an issue, you know, with male authority figures. So now you can get along. You can work well with women and you can answer women because you've grown up in a woman household. But when it comes to men, you have an issue with male authority. Like, that, I think that was something that was really big for me growing up. Like, my, I was raised primarily by my mother. and My father came around, like, when I was in middle school. But up until then, I was pretty much set in stone as a person. Like, my mother was my biggest influence. So I had Mm. a problem with male authority when it came to males, we clashed. and And it's always kind of been like that to this day. And I had to address the way I dealt with men just because I didn't I didn't take well when my father wanted to give me direction or be a parent figure. Because nigga, who is you? Like I already had you know, (laughs) like that's really how I look at him like and to be quite frankly, even to a certain degree, I looked at my father like he was beneath me because who is you? Like my mother has raised me. I'm already in middle school, I'm already a very strong-minded individual because I've been raised by a very strong-minded individual. So to allow another person to come in and not only another person, you're a man, there's a different dynamic between fathers and daughters Mm. than it is mothers and daughters and sometimes that can be a power struggle like it can be with two women so i think you need to acknowledge that you know the issue you need to address and acknowledge wherever else is interrupting your life and then you need to knit that in the bud one by one and go from there before you can even you know start to even change those behaviors from those
0: abandonment issues right right and i could i agree again but i do i am the complete opposite with some things you said sherelle because (laughs) Let me explain. So you do have to acknowledge it. So acknowledge, you know, the fact that dad wasn't there um, and it it hurts you. So acknowledge whatever Mm -hmm. you feel in that, in that moment, in that relationship, you have to do that. And then you have to accept it and, you know, understand that because of this, you can't say this is the way that I am. You can say, you know, I'm going to change this or I don't want it Mm -hmm. to be that way. So with me, again, is understanding my triggers. So with me, I always tell people I require consistency and that's because my trigger is inconsistency. It takes me back to that vulnerable place where my dad is inconsistent in my life. I don't want that. I don't need that. And it it triggers a, a soft spot for me. So moving forward in my relationships I retire consistency so it's knowing your triggers you know knowing what does not work for you and knowing what takes you back to that abandonment issue then another thing is so I always I, I don't look at men like you know who are you or my issue with my abandonment issues was just being vulnerable to men being submissive to men just taking them back and forgiving them each time they will mess up because I was raised on love forgiveness and peace so my relationship with my dad I never resented him I always loved him I always forgave him and I, I always let him back whenever he would be clean for his 30 days or 60 days or 90 days so when I would see men, I was looking for that father figure in them. And that's what I had to realize. Like Every relationship, this man is not going to fill that void. Yeah. So, I had to understand that that is what I was doing in each relationship, trying to find somebody to fill that void. But I had to go back to it and, under- and see, you know, something is missing in me that I need, Mm -hmm. I was needed from somebody else. And once I figured that out and I realized my triggers, I realized what it was that I needed. I worked on it with myself and I I worked on self-love and trying to fill that void for myself. And it helped me because, you know, I worked on a better relationship with my dad. So now I don't need that from somebody else because he's giving it to me and I'm giving it to myself. Yeah. Hmm you should help me out with my daddy <laughs> yeah so when I acknowledge my issue I acknowledged it with him too I went back to my dad Definitely. you know and I asked him you know why what that's that question that everybody have like why wasn't I good enough why mm-hmm. and I've always had that mm-hmm. in every relationship I always feel like why am I not good enough you know why am I mm-hmm. not enough why don't you want to stick around? And where I would keep fighting for it because I would have to prove a point to them that I am worthy. So when I realized that this is what I'm doing, I had to prove to myself that I'm worthy.
1: I just wanna I think that's a lot of women question why I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. I just wanted to say something, mm-hmm. just like particularly when it comes to like parents. Um I think it's always important because I think like now that we've become so aware of mental health in our generation, like we're really analytical of the way people talk to us, the things that they do while they do it. And I think it's always super important to not only show grace, but to what well, I've just recently learned is that our parents were people before they had us. And that is always important to understand that God had a design for their life well before we came into the picture. So it, it may look like, dang, you my mom or my dad, You're supposed to do this. And it's like, please understand they mm-hmm. had a plan and a design and a destiny before you were ever thought of. And that does not stop because you are now here, you know? And that was something that I recently learned. And that was actually something that I even told my friend once his mother died, he was really upset with God, you know, because she had cancer. He was really mad. And he said, the only thing that really kind of gave him comfort was when I told him that your mom had a plan for her life before you ever thought of this had nothing to do with you. And I think that is always important to keep that in mind when you have parents, especially
0: I'm not sure where the went. You, you back home? Yeah, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> it just <laughs> exited me but I was so about to comment on what Shireen was saying.
1: <laughs> okay, th- but did you hear me though?
0: Because my <laughs> phone went black for a second. I have to keep tapping it. Yeah, so with the parents' thing, I always tell my sister that I always say, you know, we got to understand that our mom had a life too you know she was 24 with mm-hmm. three kids and I always put myself in her shoes and say I can't imagine being 24 yes. with three kids I would have lost it so you know the thing she's doing now in her 40s and in her 50s you got to understand she didn't have that 20 year of no kids having fun living life because my sister always be upset sometimes she'd be like she's just behaving like a young person and I'm like she didn't have her youth like, yeah, yeah I, I see that a lot that. with
1: people.
0: So I, 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 do do that now. Like a certain things, I have to look at my mom and be like, you know, she didn't experience this, or you know, it was it wasn't taken away from her, but she had her own path, she had her own life, and I have to understand that you know a lot of things that I do now, she's probably now adjusting to in her fifties. She's probably not understanding in mm-hmm. her fifties. These things that I'm saying to her, she don't get, she don't understand. So, yeah, understanding that our, our parents had their own path, their own journey, their yeah. own lives to live is very, very important because we do have those high expectations for our parents. Yeah, yeah, and it was completely different for them in the 60s and in 70s and in 80s. That's why I don't have no hate in my heart for my dad because, you know. Crack was a whole pandemic back then. Like it was a whole thing. I can't be mad at him because he was strung out on something that the government introduced to the world. Mm -hmm. You know? So Mm -hmm. I don't have that resentment in my heart. You know, of course it was his choice, but in the same sense, it's an addiction. And that's how my mind raised me. Like, you know, he was addicted to it. It's not that he chose that over you. It's it was a
1: yeah, yeah control because he definitely didn't choose mm. to be addicted. I'm right. sure he was like, yeah, I'm just gonna be addicted. No, that's not the right. That's
0: why I went into the clinical mental health field because I'm like, I got to understand, you know, yeah. why why is this happening to him? And now that I understand it, I realize, you know, I I can't hold my parents accountable for um, everything. Everything. Like some stuff they're accountable for, but some stuff, you know, you gotta just not sweep it under the rug but realize that parents go through stuff too.
1: That's good. That's a whole (laughs) word. Okay, let me see. I wrote I don't know where I'm at. Okay, for number three. So when was your breaking point? Or when was the point when you knew it was time to heal? For me, I have four police cars called on me. So that's when I knew it was like playtime was over. I knew I was beyond damage control, and that's what made me heal. Knowing that I allowed myself to get out of character to be in a situation. What was your moment or day or scene where you knew like I gotta change. I gotta do better. Like this is too you much. Mean now. Like in a relationship or just like healing in general. Like anything, like in life. Like when did you choose oh. to heal? What was that oh, moment for wow, so you? First, um, so. Th- so almost well, it's not even a year ago. This is like a couple months ago, probably like five months ago. Um, I had I'm gonna long story short, there's some posts posted completely out of completely out of my character ever. Like I've, I have a lot of different characters I would like to say, but like <laughs> like the posts were completely out of character. Um, and now when I look at it, I consider it my moment that I went crazy in front of the world. Like if I ever had to describe it when I write an autobiography, it'll my book will be called "The Moment I Went Crazy in Front of the World." And, um, you know, I woke up and I remember just feeling like I was dying. I remember just feeling like, Mm -hmm. like what WTF? Like what is like, what is going on? Like my life is completely crashing right now. Um, And I remember just, you know, never feeling like I could get through what I had done. I feel like I had completely shattered my entire image to all my friends, all my family. Um, I felt like I was put on a pedestal and I felt like my actions completely knocked me off that pedestal. And it really forced me to not only address everything that I've gone through in my life it really forced me to to try to get a better grip on why I feel the way I feel about people um, address how I've been parenting um, how I deal with my siblings and my parents and it was just like you know what I want to be better I don't have any option um, but to just go through the process already I'm already been messed up so I might as well keep going and it was like after that I was like yo this is it I ain't got no choice but to just be a better person mm-hmm. just get it right and keep going and don't stop and understand it's about to get worse it's gonna get really worse before it gets better so yeah I went crazy in front of the world so so you made a post on social yeah, media same. like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I made mean, like a no I'm so <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt but I am so proud of you Sherelle. and I really yeah. really like I'm over here in tears because I yeah. so remember it because I was so concerned you don't know how many people is rooting for you or how many people care about you Because I remember it, you know, and when we reach those breaking points, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay, you know, to expose to the world or to your fans or whoever you want to, whatever you want to call them that, you know, you're weak. It's okay to have that breaking point and to have that moment because it only makes you stronger. So when you look back on Mm -hmm. it, you know what i did what i had to overcome was that feeling of shame like i let people down or i let mm-hmm. you know people who was rooted for me down like don't ever feel like you let anybody down you just let us into a a private moment of your life and it's okay because you're human so i'm really really proud of you for keep pushing forward forward because you know how many people would just sit in that moment they would sit there and not do nothing about dwell, it, yeah. but because you continue to push forward and you got yourself out of that dark place you know pat yourself on the back be proud of where you are today and be proud that you even was resilient enough to even get out of that place because I remember it so vividly because I was praying so hard for you so I just wanted to tell you that I'm super super proud of you and continue to keep pushing forward that was my interruption but you guys continue (laughs) thank you I do appreciate that that. is a lot of people feel like
1: People feel like you got to have it all together when you don't. That's what made people respect you when you can be transparent with those moments. Like I hate when people be on social media like their life just perfect. Like we don't go through nothing, and everybody goes through something. me, that was just like I feel like get scared myself. I think that was that was the part because it was it's literally like you. I I will say that you do not know how you do not know how it feels to try to explain to people that you're not crazy like really like you literally have to explain to people like yo i'm not i'm not tripping like i'm not crazy like i was literally explaining to people like people were looking at me like are you okay like bro i'm not crazy like nothing's wrong like it it was literally like a freaking meltdown like i'm not crazy and i was literally telling like having to look people in the face and tell them i'm not crazy i'm fine and it was just like i don't know like i think my breaking that was my breaking point because i scared myself because at that point, I was ex- I was exhibiting paranoia-type behavior like schizophrenia-type behavior And that scared me because I ain't scared of nothing. Like, ain't nobody bothering me. You know, like, I felt like my life was good. So for that to have happened, it was like, yo, what is going on? Because I explained to everybody, like, I feel like my life is good. Everything in my life is on the up and up. There was nothing that was anything wrong in my life that would have caused me to take that route and to say the things that I said. So to me, that was like, you need to get your life in order and you need to get your mental in order because you got a bigger plan, and I need you to address this, because had I, you know, I did a celebrity interview, Mm. well, when I was six months into my show, I had my very first big celebrity interview, and had I went famous, and got real big after that interview, and I had that meltdown, it would have been a hundred times worse, and I always look back at that moment, and I say, thank God I did it when I was broke, and nobody knows me, except for the little people that know me now, you know, and it's like, That's why I think I went crazy Mm -hmm. in front of the world because I went crazy in front of my little world. Not literally the whole world, because I haven't got to that point yet. But yeah, that was definitely mine when I felt like I didn't even know who I was for a second. So that's the best part about God. He don't he don't give us certain things unless he know we have the character for it. Yeah, I always say that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I like I'm so glad I went crazy when I'm small and not when I'm big. Cause you see these famous people who lose their mind all the time. They even commit suicide. They're gone from the scene for months or years. And it's like, thank God I did it when I was broken. Don't nobody know me before I get famous and do it. Like
0: No, so I'ma interrupt again. And I'ma just be like, be careful with those words. Always think of yourself as big because right now you're even big. Um, you're not small. Always. Oh, yeah, think right. That's right. big. Um and always, it's okay, you know, even if you were in front of a lot of celebrities and you broke down, it's okay because people connect to transparency. And yeah. a lot of us like to hold that back or keep stuff private, it's okay to keep some stuff private, but your story can help a lot of different people. You know, your breaking points can help a lot of different people. So it's okay to share that with the mm-hmm. world. When when I saw it, I didn't look at you no different. I looked at you as a human. I looked at you as, you know, she's going through some stuff. Let I want to help her. I looked at you as me because we all go through stuff. Nobody is looking. To, any person that will put you down when you're down, that's, that's evil to me. So a person with a good heart would see that and be concerned. And it's okay. Like that is a hundred percent okay. That's good.
1: Okay. So how did in a relationship wise how did you know you was damaged, or how can a woman identify that she's damaged? Because sometimes you can be so numb to your hurt that you're not aware that
0: you're damaged. Like what's some signs, some red flags that a so, woman needs to heal? I think I'll go first because I didn't ask. Yeah. Hello. Okay, yeah, I can hear. Yeah, can
1: you hear me? I don't know where she went. Okay, anger acting janky, they gotta get this together. <laughs> <laughs> she probably talking. <laughs> Later. <laughs> That's the worst.
0: She's probably telling the baby be quiet or something. I don't know if it's the connection. Like, I don't know. Oh, it
1: Okay, okay I Hello? Okay, you came back on. She just went off. She probably about to click back in. I just got to go in and cut it off. I don't know. I ain't got tripping. For real. I'm acting real ghetto today. <laughs> ain't that for me. I don't know and you can't even close it out, you can't let your phone go dim, and you can't close it out, or it's gonna completely exit out. That's just not really cool. like, Is my screen like I don't know about because I'm on the app, like my screen. Hello, Letha. there you go, y'all. Yeah.
0: And this yeah. moment, I told everybody that I had a podcast at seven and they want to keep calling my phone. <laughs>
1: so, oh. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing I hate too. Like, that's I put de- my de- phone, don't disturb. So How
0: do you do that?
1: Swipe up and then click the moon sign.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool, Because why? I, I just had six calls back <laughs> <next> to <laughs> back and I tried to ignore them. So I'm like, let me see. Is this something important? Nothing important. But, <laughs> sure, did you answer <laughs> <people>. the question? <laughs> no. <laughs> No it hurts when i too then okay. yours came on. So the question was realizing when you were damaged. Um, alright so I'll answer yeah. it because it goes into the last question. What was the question before that? Because I didn't answer it. Oh man. I crossed it out. What was the last question? <laughs> oh wait what point did you, know um, you need to heal this? And it was like in generally speaking. Okay alright so I'll answer them both. Um, first um I think I had a few moments where I needed to heal because like we said, it's never a destination. It's always a journey. So within my life, I had so many situations and so many experiences that made me realize that I need to heal. It wasn't until recently where I'm working on um, the phase in my life where healing looks whole to me. So where I'm working on myself before it was just me working on healing from what I went through. So I'll take you both back to a place, which goes into the second the second question. When when did you know you were damaged? So back maybe mm-hmm. in like 2013, my first heartbreak. It was the the worst. They say, what do they say? The first cut is the deepest, or whatever that saying is. is oh, yeah. really true because my first heartbreak took a toll on me. Like I was with the same person from ninth grade to twelfth grade, and then you know my years, in, my first two years in college, I wanted to be with this person for the rest of my life, and it did not work out that way. So when I knew I was damaged, was when I tried. Like I sent a picture. I worked as a police cadet. <laughs> So I never shared this with nobody. and Only he knows this. So me working as a police cadet, I had keys to all the buildings at the college. So I went to the roof of one of the buildings at the school and I sent him a picture and I'm like, I'm going to jump. Like, I really want to jump. In this moment, I want to jump. And he was calling me. You know, I wanted somebody to care about me. I wanted to feel love. I wanted to feel yeah. something because I felt, so no so that. empty so broken like my heart was into pieces because the person that i had planned the rest of my life out with was now having a life with somebody else you know he had a child on the way with somebody mm-hmm. else and i wanted to give that to him i wanted to be that person i wanted to be with him like this was my soulmate so in that moment i knew i was damaged i knew i was broken i knew i was mm-hmm the bottom of bottom i didn't know me i didn't have a care in the world and my behavior after showed me that i was damaged um so in that moment that was my damage moment that was just me being damage control and for the the next year or two i was just on autopilot i was just numb um i was just making it every day i was just waking up um and I thank God for when I met my my son dad because he kind of helped me heal from that. And I don't, you know, you don't want to give credit to somebody else for helping you heal, but it was a distraction that I needed because it helped me realize that I needed to get my shit together. Mm. I needed to get me together. And from the moment I met him, that was another healing journey. So I just went from healing. I went from to healing. Broken again to healing, so it was just—it's all a journey with me. Like I don't have a specific moment where it's damage control because the past few years of my life is—it's always been a damage control moment or a healing moment. So yeah, that—that's me answering the questions.
1: Um, <laughs> mm. I want to answer. I would say some red flags that like, you know, you need to start healing, like from a romantic relationship is if you um
0: Hello She went out She'll... Yeah you back oh. Yeah okay. you went out So
1: I would say some points that you need to start looking at is just like heightened sense of irritability. Like it seems real subtle but it's like if small things are just like always irritating you about every single guy you meet, is probably not every single guy you meet. It's something mm-hmm. else that's bothering you, and I feel like that's like a very subtle sign that you need to start healing from some things. Is it what they're saying that's bothering you? Is it you know? Is it you know a movement that they're making? Like you need to start addressing when you always so irritated every single time. Like that's a sign. Irritability is a is a big sign. It's really subtle. I think that you need to. Uh, another sign is. You know, let me see. What else? Let me think. I think irritability or just being angry, like blowing up with every conversation or every argument. You gotta blow up. That's when you know you need to start healing because every argument is, should not blow up. It should not be an explosion every time. Some things can be simple disagreements. You go your way, I go my way. Let's let's revisit this in a couple hours. You know, some things can be handled like that. everything doesn't need to be an explosion. Um, when somebody's always when people are constantly telling you the same thing. Everybody ain't hating on you. Something might be wrong. You need to start addressing it. You always you never listen to me talk. You never hear me mm-hmm. out. Or if a guy you talking at me, you're not talking to me, that's a big thing. You need to hear that. You need to start healing from the things and figuring out why you don't ever want to listen. Why can't you hold yourself accountable? So just things that, yeah, definitely Victimized. always being the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, talking over people. I know it's subtle, but if you can't let nobody say what they gotta say, like something might be wrong with you. Like just be <laughs> real. You need to listen and like shut up. And I got a bad problem with that. Like you wasn't even done answering your question. Asking your question. I was like, "But can I?" Uh, like I, I, got a problem. <laughs> I do it too. It's horrible. <laughs> so what is the root of that, yes, You don't be listening. You don't be listening. That's all it is. You be so eager. Like they used to tell you in school. Like if I'm talking and you got your hand up, you're not listening, and that's the truth. You wasn't listening because you are too busy trying to say what you want to say to what they said. But you really should have wrote it down mm-hmm. so you could remember it and revisit it afterwards. Like it's the truth. That's they never lied when they told us that. So, it really is, you know, let
0: listen up. So, yeah. That's, um, I want to um, <laughs> ask a question. Well, touch base on what Sherelle said. Because I, irritability, um it looks, I mean, it might be different for people. Because I've never been the one to be in a relationship. So, you say that's a sign to know that you need to heal.
1: Yeah, you always irritate Like, what you, what you so,
0: so. <laughs> I've never been, you know how in relationships you have those the females who's um always angry and yelling and pointing a finger. I yeah. don't know, I stopped doing that a long time ago, so now, like I don't think I can get to that point. I don't even know what a sign would be now these days because I don't do none of that no more, <laughs> so what do you suggest for the people who don't have those type of signs like what are some other? signs because that's uh, the anger and the irritation is just primary ones because that's what we we used to what are like some other signs for people who who don't like I don't know I've got to a place where I control my irritation and my anger I'm not going to be pointing my finger or yelling at Um, them
1: I say passive aggressiveness like um somebody just okay i'm so hard to explain so if somebody do something that, that bothers you instead of speaking up immediately you just do subtle things to get back at it i'm pretty sure that's what passive aggressiveness is instead okay, of just okay. addressing a situation head on um even people that can't communicate this is my biggest pet peeve do not tell me that you feel some type of way because you have not told me how you felt at all that is the stupidest thing you can say to me you need to say you know what i didn't like how you talked to me I didn't appreciate when you said X, Y, and Z. When you said it, it made me feel something I felt. I, I think for me it was um I found oh, out yeah. I was being a people pleaser. Yeah, I realized I was addicted to rejection. And that's something that I found out that I had to heal. Like I was doing whatever it takes to keep somebody around. 'Cause I was afraid that they would reject me or cut me off. So I would just do buy them stuff, do this type of stuff. Like I became a people pleaser and that's the one sign I knew. I was yeah. like, Okay, that's no. not right. You really want to say no?
0: Oh, uh, look at y'all. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like <laughs> I could never Justin, say no. You
0: know, I'm feeling this. <laughs> 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 no, because that's like something for real. Like uh people don't even understand how they connect to rejection, and that goes with abandonment issues. Like yeah. I, I had the same thing. Like rejection, don't phase me. I always ask people, like, would you ask a man out on a date? And a traditional, like, older women would say, "No, I'm not asking no man out on a date because that's not how it goes." But me, on the other hand, I don't care about rejection, <laughs> so I would ask a man out. I, I would approach a man. I would, you know, shoot my shot. Or say him a DM because I don't care about rejection because I've been rejected my whole life, so it don't phase me. And a lot of people do not put two and two together. Like I'm this way because of you know what I was exposed to, what I experienced. You know, my abandonment issues come from this. So again, that rejection to me mm. don't phase me. In, in relationships, if a man is you know mm. being cruel to me, doing me dirty. Or being mean to me, that rejection, I it wouldn't make me feel no type of way. I'll just keep trying to please him and keep trying to make him happy. When in reality, you know that's not mm-hmm. healthy. It's not good for me, and I need to cut him loose. But he knows this about me, and he knows that you know I'm gonna fall for whatever he says. If he says he's gonna put the blame on me, even if the blame is on him, you know.
1: Uh, yeah. That's good. Okay.
0: So what's some techniques
1: do y'all use to heal? For me, number one, man, would be God. I journal, affirmations, taking a walk. Like, what's some techniques you use, like, on your everyday life to get you closer okay. towards okay. healing? I will say definitely some type of a spiritual guidance. I know who, you know, people believe in different things. So I'm definitely going to need that kind of some spiritual guidance. A lot of people are really into horoscopes and stones and chakras and things like that i think that's nice meditation um i think it's always important to understand that a lot of times healing is physical so a lot of depression is not you know necessarily because something externally is wrong it could be a vitamin deficiency like depression can be worse than just because of a, do- a vitamin deficiency so you really might need to go to the doctor and get everything checked see what's missing you know you might need some vitamin d or something and you might just feel a little better honestly so i think um you know having a healthy lifestyle some type of spiritual guidance um i think it's always important to know you know know your limits you need to know at what point you stressed out and not to go beyond it and if that means you know not attending a birthday party not talking to people so be it um, but I also I think people need to understand that it's not okay just to go MIA I understand you do need to protect your mental health but you also need to be mindful of the people that depend on you you know you need to be mindful you need to be able to communicate hey I'm not feeling XYZ I'm going to hit y'all back in a couple of days you know I think a lot of people try to abuse taking care of their mental health for you know still just trying to be a nasty person so keep that in mind Um, and just find something you like to do do something every other day that you like to do I like to listen to music there's never a day in my life that I go without music. I don't care if I'm playing with my son. I turn everything into a song. Everything's a joke. Everything's a game. So find something you love. Be healthy. Find some spiritual guidance. Um, And then, you know, take accountability for the things that happen in your life. Because nine times out of ten, it definitely has something to do with you. That's like my biggest thing when it comes to right. healing every
0: day. Right. Um, it's healing techniques, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Was, okay. So for me, I really, really, I'm big on music. First is God, you know, however you connect to your higher power, uh, whether it's spiritual or religious, figure out how to connect to that. Second is music. I'm really big on affirmations, meditation, music, um, R&B um so I would listen to some affirmation music just to give myself back the power that was taken away from me so that really really helped me and when I journal I journal affirmations I journal what I'm thinking I journal what I feel feel I journal my relationships I write notes um I'm just all over the place with writing because I have to let it out um some other things that I do like if I'm at my breaking point with a relationship I would express exactly how I feel like in a text message over a phone call and I gotta acknowledge it I have to you know let you know where I'm at right now if it's making me feel a type of way or it's it's a burden to me once I do that I feel so much better like it's a weight lifted off my shoulder And however the person deals with it or whatever their response is, that's on them. But I know for me, it was healthy because I got whatever was on my chest off. Um, Some other things that I do, I don't share this with, you know, nobody. This is like a therapy homework assignment that I always, you know, that I'm going to use and that I always share for homework in my therapy sessions. I think everyone needs to have a list. In this list, is a piece of paper with four boxes. One box, you put what you need. The other box is what you want. Down below is what you don't want. And the box below is what you don't need. And on the back, you put what you reject as unacceptable. So when I say what you reject as unacceptable, Mm -hmm. that's your non-negotiables. That's what is not going to fly with you. And once you figure all of that out, you'll have a better sense of self, you'll have a better sense of process of elimination, and you'll have a better sense of healing. Because you'll know what you want, what you don't want, what you need, what you don't need, and what you're not going to put up with. And most people don't know those things. They're just winging it and, you know, get going through experiences. And sometimes experiences is good, but at some point you have to know, like, what is it that I really want? Like, what is love to me? What is a relationship to me? What do I need? What do I require? You know, what is my triggers? What is my non negotiables? And most people don't know that. And once you have an idea of that, you'll come to a place with self and healing that you don't put up with what you used to put up with. So that's where I will help me with healing is having that that list to go back to like I, I go back and look at it sometimes like if i start dating somebody and something feels off to me i'll go to my wants and need list and my non-negotiables and i would like oh that's why i don't like this person i'll be like you know this is why i can't damn this is on my um non-negotiable list so mm-hmm. yeah that's really that. <laughs> me <with my> <laughs> journey. and then speaking life into myself every day I really realized that I was on a a healing journey like the other day when I was in my car listening to Monica Love All Over Me. And you know how you have a love song and you usually think about an ex or somebody you currently dating. I really thought about myself. I was in the car singing to me like I fell to my heart. Now I got love all over me. (laughs) I was like, wow. I'm really singing to me. Like I really love me. That's nice. (laughs) When you get to that space. It's amazing. It's euphoric. It. Like yeah. you really be amazed with your own growth. You so yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. Okay,
1: so I got three more questions, y'all. Just just three. So this one, what is your go tos before you started to heal? What was your voice like? What did you fill that void up? You like, no, some people void oh. can be okay. I'm gonna smoke my pain away. I'm gonna sex my pain away. I'm going to put a relationship. Mine was on relationship, relationship. Or I used to dress up my brokenness. Like buying clothes for me in the past, it would feed something in me when I was broken in the inside. Oh, yeah. But I was looking good on the outside. I would say... Like, um, what would y'all go to? I would revisit exes. Like, like, sh- like strong traumatized with people. Oh, yeah. It? Like, I would... I and I'm like, even to this day, I would, I would... Actually, I've gotten better with that. Like, I would recycle... The guys, like I feel. First of all, I felt like men were so disposable. So, guys were just recycling guys I were dealing with. Like it never at the same time. Just so we clear, somebody else here, like she put she mm-hmm. screwed two men. Never that. We was never screwing two guys at one time. Okay, <laughs> let me provide some context <laughs> I here, I Okay, I was never having sex with <laughs> men at the same time. But I would just go back to an ex that I felt like we had really good sex with, and that would be it. You know, that would be how, or I would drink. Um, or what would I do? I would, like, I do it now. i am gotten better now, but I would isolate myself. I would go MIA for my friends and my family and just pour my head into work, like, and I already mm-hmm. live 45 minutes from everybody, so it was easy to go, you know, MIA on everybody and be like, oh, I'm working, so I would really just isolate myself. Mm-hmm. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, the
0: isolation. Uh, thing.
1: Um, so yeah i would just like really isolate famous. myself and yeah. then just be dealing with guys that i was doing with before
0: um
1: yeah, yeah I had wait before you go <laughs> okay yeah. listen before I I entanglement solange's song cranes in the sky hits so much different now like i love that song at first and i could not figure out why i was like like I was like this song is it but I could never figure out why it was so it for me and now I listen to it and bro she broke down she you can't buy it away you can't read it away you can't travel it away you can't sex drink you can't do none of that away you just gotta deal with it and that song is Mm so different now like that is like easily my top 10 Mm -hmm. favorite songs of all time easily that song is vibe. so but yeah
0: it probably was a trigger to me because I did not want to listen to the Solange album (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Mm. I did not listen to it, and I see everybody like, "Oh my God, her album is everything." Mm. But you know, I connect to music so well, I probably was not ready to hear it. Mm. Um, I have no idea what my voice was. Um, I don't know. I I don't, and maybe that's something I need to work on is figuring out what well, my voice is because isolation to me is something normal. I've always isolated myself i always feel like a black sheep i always feel like i don't belong i always have those moments where it's like Mm -hmm. i want to be by myself that was the whole reason of me moving to less even to this day i still say to myself i want to go away like i want to move away so that could be my void like being away from everybody and being on my own
1: that's mine um (laughs)
0: because I struggle with that, and I'm that's my lesson that I'm learning right now that's why I'm back here because I always said I'm never going to go back to Detroit I don't ever want to move back to Detroit and look at me now like I'm back here I didn't have no choice I didn't have nowhere else to go I'm back here so that could be a lesson and well I know it is Mm -hmm. I've settled with that I've realized that um I wouldn't say drinking or smoking because that's always been like recreational things um so I, I never did it, just like to fill a void. That was, it was just like things of the past that you did for fun. I don't know sex. Um, I wouldn't say sex either because it's not like I, I was sleeping with multiple people or getting bodies on bodies. So sex wasn't a void. I don't know. Um, I think I, I don't have a void. Crying. <laughs> If I feel something or I'm
1: hurt, I cry. I, that can be a voice. I, I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no,
1: no. I do not like, cry like that. i like do I'm crying,
0: <laughs> crying because I'm really like, I would cry all the time. Like I would just break down and cry in my car. I would cry. Really? Like, cry feel good to me. <laughs> That's like an it's interruption to me. me. Like
1: it's interrupting <laughs> my day. It's just in a way. I, <laughs> I do. Like, taking your soul. To Put me, me in the, the car. Let me drop. No, I mean I've cried before, but like. Bro, that junk is interrupting my day. Like that's just too much energy. Like, put me in a car. Let me. I would drive. That's something I will do. I will drive from here to Mars if I need to get something off my chest, or if I'm bothered. The music in a car hits different than the music in your headphones. Man, oh, I will be in a car driving. you doing it. it? does. No, God I'll just be in a car, just banging the music, just thinking, <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: No, I'm, I'm gonna cry. Like, I'm literally gonna bust out into tears, break down, cry. So, cry yeah. could be my boy. <laughs> that could
1: be I it. I hate that. <laughs> that is so funny. I hate that. I <laughs> just do. I don't know. I'm i a thinker. Like, I don't, before I get that frustrated, I'm gonna think about it. I gotta figure it out. That's always my mindset. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's like always my. Bro, cry just don't be helping me. I need to figure it out.
0: <laughs> okay, stop. See, me and Shanice, we different. We gonna cry.
1: Y'all are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me get this last two. Before these, it's my baby and they're going crazy. Um, Do you feel it's important to heal alone? Or do you think, think, think you, do you can do it? I think there's only so them? much that. They- you can see about yourself before somebody else can help you point other things out. Like you can heal some things, but you gotta you definitely need some That's help.
0: Good.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think
0: you can heal and date. You can heal by yourself. You can heal with friends. You can heal long as you know what you're doing, your purpose, your triggers, what you want, what you don't want, long as you are aware of those things, nothing or no one can interrupt your healing journey. Because you are you know what you need. You know where you're going, you know where you're heading. So regardless if you have a friend or if you dating somebody, it won't interrupt your healing journey. So yeah, I I think you can do.
1: I disagree. I mean like what point what point of the healing journey is okay Ooh, to date? Let me say yeah. that. To date?
0: Yeah, like what point? Because yeah. I feel like it's, it's like levels. Well, I think it'll be a lesson regardless. So for me specifically, um, yeah. I've been single for the past four years. Um, and it's been a healing journey these past four years. It's really, really been a healing journey. I tried to date for two years. Mind you, I was not healed. I was not in a good place. I told this person I was broken. I expressed all my vulnerabilities. And it it didn't work out well. It flopped. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am grateful for that relationship or not even a relationship. I'm grateful for that dating phase because Mm -hmm. I learned so many lessons about me. I learned so many lessons about healing. I learned a lot. So I feel like when you're healing, you will learn something from each connection and each whoever you're dating. Like you would grow like I've grown so much from what I was trying to engage with, knowing Damn well, I wasn't ready to put myself out there in a dating field. Like, I knew I wasn't ready and I expressed these things. But because I was so vulnerable, this person used everything that I said, you know, me telling my whole story against me, you know, and Mm. they used my weaknesses for their ability, like to get them more connected to me, to screen me and wing me on. And that's something that I had to learn. So, I feel like when you're healing, you could date, but you're going to get a learning experience. Like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be like a healing relationship. It's going to be you learning something from whatever you're trying to do.
1: But I think that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you up, but I think that's putting another person at risk of bleeding on them by doing that. Because me, People say yeah. I'm single but I'm like is you single single because I was single for four years but i only been single single for a year meaning I was still yeah. acting like I was in a relationship but still screaming I'm single like you can be single but your heart can still be I connected think, to three other people BS. in the
0: past so I'm like, like I know person, I can't date I wasn't right now them at risk because yeah. they knew what they knew me like they knew how to deal with me how to how to get me scream me alone mm-hmm. so I wasn't hurting them really it was a game for them because they had a dummy so I think it just depends. I think that <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely been a, definitely a dummy, a dummy. <laughs> like I know I'm not like I'm open with everybody that tries to date me I will be tell you straight up like this is my situation this is where I'm at you know and you you go about it how you want to go about it I'm, and I would tell them if I feel like I'm going to hurt you, I will cut it off because I'm not in the business of trying to bring pain to nobody else's life. I already have pain in my own life. So if I feel like I'm going to do that, then, yeah, I would not date you. If you tell me that you're looking for a relationship and you're looking to get married mm-hmm. or you're looking for a wife, I would tell you, like, hey, we can't talk because I'm not in that place. So you have to be upfront yeah. with these people if you're going to date. Like, what exactly are you looking for? Because, yeah, you can't bring pain to somebody else. You can't hurt somebody else. But it goes back to that list. What you want, what you don't want, what you need, what you don't need. If you're upfront about those things, then the other person will have an idea of what you're looking for. You can say, I'm just looking for friends. And if that person is willing to be your friend, then, yeah, I think it's okay to heal and have friendships. I didn't say, I think that, yeah. to answer your question
1: there are certain levels when it comes to healing and where you should be dating. And I think that if you are still dealing, if you are having daily struggles with what you're going through, you should not be dating. I feel that when you can pinpoint when Mm -hmm. it's affecting your daily um, life, once that once that time span starts to space out, so maybe every day you was having a breakdown. You don't need to be dating if you if you don't went from every day to you know mm-hmm. not every other week you having an anxiety attack about X Y Z situation. Okay, maybe you're getting better. You're on the point to dating. So mm-hmm. now maybe once a month you having a problem okay, you're in a much better position to be dated if you're, you know, to be dated than somebody mm-hmm. that's breaking down every single day. But You shouldn't mm-hmm. be dating because regardless of how much you're upfront with someone or how much you think you try to make them aware, at some point, you're still going to be liable for the damage that you're going to mm-hmm. cause, you know, like everybody buys a car with the, mm-hmm. knowing that they can still get into an accident. And it's like you still responsible for some of that accident, baby. You got in that car, you know? So it's like, even if you do be upfront, it's like you need to be able to say it's not affecting my daily life. I can go X, Y, Z days without having an issue about this and knowing that it's not going to affect the person I'm trying to date. So there are some levels and you should really pinpoint how often is it affecting your daily life because that's going to affect
0: your relationship. And I think I agree with the both of you. However, you know, dating looks different for everybody. So when we say dating, it's like a broad definition.
1: Um and that and i think that's yeah. the problem it should mm-hmm. look the same for everybody Dating should look one way it shouldn't <laughs> even be that many variations of dating bro i'm not even lying because <laughs> when people say that they don't even be really dating they be screwing yes. like it should listen it should look one exactly. way Dating should. It, and i know people be like oh we do different things then yeah, you do different activities but dating should look one way marriage looks one way marriage looks one way for mm-hmm. everybody
0: so my good. question mm-hmm. to both of you because you both said um that you you sh- you probably shouldn't date while you're healing so you do you think that somebody could help you heal or do you think that it's a personal journey i think I that was you can question. date while you're healing <laughs>
1: it was <laughs> it was <laughs> no i have a <laughs> perfect answer for that I'm because i like <laughs> <while you're> <laughs> like, I think you can too you I, I i don't think you can i don't i mean let me rephrase this because i had an argument with a female and i was like there's no way you can date or get healed and she was like no my husband like before i met him he actually helped me heal and i disagreed until i met my friend he stayed a different state his we don't date or we don't talk on that level but to see a man in that perspective that's healing and that's celibate, and seeing a man do, he right. exposed me to a different type of man. And I found healing inside his friendship. But we don't date though, but I found healing inside his friendship. But we both know we couldn't date right now because we would damaged each other because we still right. have certain so cuts and wounds saying. on like us right could now. You can
0: date and have friendships with guys. Like you could heal, date, have friendships, and they could help you. It just, you have to know. What you want, what you don't want, what you need, what you don't need, and you have to know your triggers because i can I'm healing right now, and I'm dating, but if a guy wants sex, I'm gonna tell yeah. him like no, that's a trigger for me, like I can't do that because it's gonna take me back to a vulnerable place, so at yeah. that point, I know I have to cut you off, so you have to be aware of where you're at in your healing journey, and you have to have control over it if you could control you know i'm not doing this and i'm not doing that then you're good but if you have like sherelle said those anxiety attacks those breakdowns those meltdowns then yeah you're in no place to be dating while you're trying to heal but once you have that you know that attitude where i'm not doing this i, I don't have to have sex to date dating to me mm-hmm. don't involve sex dating to me means having fun going out, hanging out. When you have that yeah. much control over it, then yeah, you could do whatever you want to do while you're healing because you're you're in control of it. But no, you then on. I'm sorry.
1: It do depends where that person at too, and you're is they healing? That's the scary part. Right, but you I'm gotta be honest with, with that person. So if you still, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but what happened if that person not like, honest with you? A lot of people don't even, most men don't have even started yeah. healing. that's the scary part, like. That's like, my disclaimer. like my, my disclaimer. My like, disclaimer is literally, if you're not interested in thinking professional help for the trauma you've experienced, you do not want to date okay. Like, I know it sounds professional. <laughs> okay. that's disclaimer. It sounds so professional, <laughs> okay. but that will scare the wrong man away. Like, my yes. whole point is to scare the wrong man away. <laughs> exactly. That ain't what you want then you don't need to come this way baby because okay. this ain't what you ready for uh, yeah, so keep keep going like said, that is if, like my
0: disclaimer if you have a disclaimer <laughs> you need a t-shirt with that <laughs> if on. you have a disclaimer <laughs> and you say up front what you are looking for you will wean you will weed the wrong yeah. man out it's a process of Listen. elimination and even if the wrong if man don't allow gets in the bunch him. you will still be able to point it out and be like oh no he's not the one like, oh nope, this ain't right. It don't feel right. My intuition is telling me that something is wrong with this guy. What he's saying don't correlates with his actions. So, when you're in that space, you will be able to be like, yeah, I gotta cut that off.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, that's why. That's why I said I don't disagree that I don't believe that you can't date while you're healing. I believe that you just need to be able to manage. Yeah, you need to be able to your and You need to be able to pinpoint where you are in your healing. You need to know that you're not breaking down every day Mm because then you can't date. But you can, like I said, Mm -hmm. because I believe healing is a journey and a journey, you're going to do many things. You can date on that journey, Mm -hmm. but you need to be in a certain point in that journey to do so. And that, you know, just involves being able to set boundaries, you know, knowing exactly what you want and knowing to pinpoint what you don't want. Because you don't want to say, I want this. And somebody comes along and you can't say that that's not what you want. Because then you need to, you're going to just fall back into a trap again. You need to let that person go, mm-hmm. and you don't need to be afraid to do so. You need to lose the Lori Harvey mm-hmm. method. If it don't fit, quit. Okay, boom, exit, exit. Boom, that's good. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. <laughs> last question. I like you. <laughs> is... The honesty. Jesus. Honesty. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm hungry, man, <now. laughs> but no, last question what's one thing you would tell the eighteen year old version of yourself, or what's something you can tell someone that's been in your Boy. position or been in your shoes? bruh, can I go first? Oh my God,, <laughs> yes. let, me, let me tell you right now, let me tell you um, first thing I would say is that people are not disposable. I had a very bad habit. Of thinking that men are disposable and, I, and it got to a point that I even thought my friends were disposable people are not disposable okay mm. you are not always right baby contrary to your ego and that big old head baby you were not always right <laughs> I promise you <laughs> and um, if you really genuinely follow your heart and listen to the first two things I said you're really going to get where you need to be a lot faster you're not always right and people are not disposable mm. you're going to get exactly where you need to be much faster Um, and stop yelling. I know it sounds crazy, but like, stop yelling, (laughs) (laughs) stop yelling, stop cussing. No, don't stop cussing because that's character, but just stop yelling. Yeah, and you're gonna be okay. That's mine, you're gonna be okay. I love that one.
0: Okay, so for my 18 year old self, I will really tell me if I'm going back to choose me first. Um, I always had a habit yeah. of choosing, putting other people before me, being that people pleaser, trying to make everybody else happy. Um, and I was in a real re- bad relate, well, not bad relationship. I thought I was in a, a good relationship, but telling my 18 year old self that relationships could wait would be a good thing. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yes. Stop trying to be in love. Man. Fall in love with yourself first. You want yes. ice? Yes. I'm sorry. <clears throat> choose you first literally make <laughs> better decisions choose for it. you don't worry okay. about nobody else and now I'm big on that choosing you first so self love is the best love I didn't understand the importance of that mm-hmm. until now I love kids I love <laughs> <who> you <are. laughs> you're welcome baby but yeah, choosing you first That that's my, that's my advice to my 18 year old self and seek therapy because I was in a real bad place.
1: I think I would say don't allow your past to save your future. And you're more than enough. Yeah. yeah that. You know, it's funny. I don't, you know, I feel like even if I was able to go back in time and tell, like, I I would literally need to go back in time to tell myself. I don't think if God would be like, oh, let me send somebody back in time to travel and talk to you, I wouldn't even listen to them. I wouldn't even listen to them. Sure wouldn't. <laughs> I'm hard. Yeah, that's I it. gotta touch the I gotta learn the hard learning. way.
0: I just How gotta do it the do? hard
1: way.
0: <laughs> I, I have know. to, too. But I re- I'm really, really grateful for every experience, every lesson Definitely. that I had to learn, every relationship. It really shaped me. And some for of the them. person that I'm becoming today, so I'm real. I give the most gratitude to the most high God for everything that I've through because I wouldn't be where I'm marked today. Yeah, so we got to be thankful for what we went through at 18. When I just feel like some
1: things he could have mm-hmm. saved. I'm not even gonna lie, I feel like I'm grateful, I'm thankful. He could have saved some of that though, he could have really <laughs> sent the detour because <laughs> <He could've laughs> some could've of that kept he could man. Um, that's all I'm saying. Kept it in his pocket or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She I'm said, no, I'm so sorry. Good. He could have kept it. I know one or two things I could have done without in my life. But I ain't, I'm i still grateful. Like you said, Kimberly, I'm still grateful. <laughs> <laughs> that's real, Sherelle. That's real. I'm you said, no, nope, I'll agree. kept it. I'm sorry. One or two things <laughs> a sister would have done without. I
0: feel like I would have been <laughs> <the> gravy. but <laughs> Well, at least you are being honest. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, we can talk to God. like So like, hey, you, know, you could have kept that. I didn't have to go through that. <laughs> sure that's what I'm saying. Okay, like, I wasn't know, that wrong. He, he thought he you were strong.
1: He didn't, he didn't. He don't listen. That's what I'm saying. He <laughs> listen <sometimes. laughs> was listening
0: sometimes. But yeah, I'm so proud of all of y'all. Like mm-hmm. we. We're really out here do doing our of y'all. So it's, really, this. These lessons is Because <laughs> now we can teach the generation behind us, you know. For real. What we went through. Definitely.
1: It's dope to sit on here with y'all. I truly, truly appreciate how you want? I so it so in my awesome. heart. Thank you. <laughs> I'm about to cry. So, like, I've been really just big on like just being way more feminine, and like, I feel like it's so easy to just be a nigga now. Like, I just listen to tribe music all the time. Like, I just want to sell drugs. Like, I don't want to sell drugs, but I'm just saying. I <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in this masculine energy and like my biggest thing this year has been like far more feminine I don't care if it's pink colors it's just more femininity And it I feel like I've been just really on a journey to connect with more women and do more women collaborations because we see so many women not getting along so for you to ask me to do it I was like yes Yes, yes. yes. And I'm so happy you asked me to do I'm so happy I got to sit down and talk with y'all. And I just feel like this is like a bunch of good, feminine, happy energy. And I'm really happy I got to do this with y'all tonight. Like, this was really fun. And you like, definitely
0: don't see that a lot bad. for our generation.
1: You don't. It's a competition. So, yeah. Definitely. And I don't feel like competition. hmm The way I look at life, I feel like if I win, she wins. That's how I look at life like there's no competition like you got something that i
0: can help in, and i got something that like, vice versa i think that like, i
1: don't see competition i
0: always be like what's for me will it's be for me, me. <laughs> what's for you gonna be for you and if that's mm-hmm. the same thing then thank god but if it's not time will tell i think we no. will see because one person mm-hmm. will stop doing what they were doing to do something else yeah yeah what they passionate this, mm-hmm. I, this
1: generation is so I, like individualistic instead of you know a community and unity and I was saying that I watched um this guy from I watched this local rap, not a local rapper. I saw this rapper dive right but he was in a picture with Jermaine Depree, and I said that if we don't get it together. We're going to miss the person that we're supposed to help that's going to make our future better. Them people was JD, Jermaine Dupree was such a kid. He was running for mm. a a 20 year old. But if they would have thought that we can't let this kid hang with us because he ain't us and we, you know, we didn't, he don't need him, they would have missed their opportunity mm. to influence young Jermaine Dupree to be who he is right now. You know what I'm saying? And then like we don't get the idea out of our head that I can't bring, yeah, that's good. To, I'm too big to help the next little person. You're truly going to miss part of your passion and your purpose because you so stuck on you. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to help somebody else because you don't know who you're creating because when they get big long after your time, they're going to be able to credit you. Not saying you need to help just to get the credit, but you need to understand the importance of pouring it to somebody else that's mm-hmm. coming behind you because whether you like it or not, they're definitely watching you and you're definitely influencing mm-hmm. them. So bring them along. You know, like I don't know. Mm. Yep, there's no such thing as self-made. Everybody and that was needs just so somebody. much
0: confirmation for me because I promise you, I struggled with sharing my story for the speaking tour that me and Shanice is on because I just didn't want to do it. Like I did not want to share this part of my journey. And a lot of people ask me, you know, what happened in 2017? You know, what happened to your son's father? What happened to you? And I never talked about it. But... Yeah. A lot of people just been telling me, you know, your story can help somebody else. Your story could be somebody else's breakthrough. Unless I your remember story. asking you, and you were like, you, you, you never got back to me. so I ain't
1: gonna say nothing though. We are gonna let it go. You ain't gonna get back
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> i like, I never get back to nobody. about it though. But I, I don't tell nobody it. about it because I, I was, it was a break with, breaking point for me. Right. It's a part of my healing journey. Like, It was too much. So thank you, Sherelle, for what you just said, because that's confirmation that, you know, maybe my story can help somebody else. It could be connected to my success and to, you know, my future. So, yeah, I like that.
1: Mm. I I definitely agree. That most uncomfortable feeling you get in life. Or that insecurities is our it's always yeah. connected to purpose. The thing that makes you the most uncomfortable is connected to who you're called to be. So that's the whole point. Yeah. Um the enemy trying to stop you from doing it. Because he's knows you it's connected it. to other people. I really I thought I these little like it's so crazy the things that sure do. Those kids that they tried to drill in our heads that we forgot as we became teenagers and in our early 20s. Here we are knocking on 30 and repeating them. I'm worthy, I'm a good person, be a good person, do what Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To each other and to ourselves, because now we understand the importance and the strength of words. Like, it's, it's, life just comes such a full circle. I remember being in kindergarten doing to others as you want them to do to you. Now, look at me. I was so rude to him. Let me go be nice. Because I was, be. <laughs> you know, like, is this crazy Like, how people are now? It's just, I don't know. It's dope, but crazy how much we just don't listen or lose the, you know, lose track of the things that matter the most.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I truly, truly appreciate this. Like, I really do. I I genuinely do. And, like, I don't know if y'all want to, like, give y'all Instagram names again because I'm pretty sure they probably want to follow y'all. What? Because I'm almost at, like, 10,000 listeners. Yeah, I I I'm at like, uh, what? what? Like 9,700. 9, 9, 9, 9, Yo, that 9, 10, is crazy. Congrats. <laughs> what?
0: what? It's 10, in 35 the world, countries right, so 10, far 10, on my 10, podcast. Real. Gonna... <laughs> oh, yeah, drop your Instagram <laughs> name. My bad,
1: my bad. My name <laughs> you guys can follow me on Instagram at Carter underscore 1X. Or you can add my talk show at Let's Talk. The show. A new episode premieres every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Instagram Live.
0: I will be on there Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Yeah, so make sure y'all <laughs> check out that
1: podcast. Well, podcast. I'm sorry. It <laughs> clearly say this is not yes. a podcast. <laughs> okay, y'all. It's
0: not a That's our yes, yes. show. Let me make that you can Follow me on Instagram at three underscores K-Y-M-A-L-E-T-H-A or at Great Divine Center. On Instagram or see me Tuesday on Let's Talk Show. Hey. Okay. You are so welcome. Thank you for having us. I really Thank you. Fun. You're welcome. See All right. All right. Plus,
1: brother.